How many, how many of you brought back memories? Little, little Tom Petty there. And, and I will tell you, we do things like that just to make sure that you know what church you attend. <laughs> Occasionally, there may maybe some of you start to get settled in thinking, we're not that church. We are that church. <laughs> so occasionally we just have to bring it out to show you we are that church. And so uh, some, some of you may not want to get too comfortable. Then you may love it, and, and I hope that's the case. Um, but there's a message. It's the words. There's a message there. We won't back down. And I think that is where the body of Christ needs to be. We need to be in a place where we refuse to back down to the enemy. But let me tell you what I, what I don't mean, because a lot of times when you say things like that, some people take it to a, to, a, to a natural realm. It's like, well, we won't back down. We're going to scream at the politicians. Or we're going to scream at everybody that disagrees with us and everything we don't like. We're going to scream about it. We're going to holler about it until everybody knows. Here's the thing. We're screaming at the wrong thing because people are not our enemy. Our battle is not with people. It's a spiritual warfare that we are in. And so it is from a spiritual perspective that we do not back down against Satan and against all of uh, the efforts that he puts forth. I really think that this series has the potential, I'm telling you, I think it has the potential to be um, probably life-changing for many of you because I'm going to share some things that some of you have probably, uh, some of you have never been taught. Uh, some of you have heard it, some of you know it better than I do. There, there are others of you that walk in it, but there are some of you who, who probably do not because you haven't heard, because we all have to learn. And so what I hope is that in this series that maybe some of us are reminded of uh, what I'm going to talk about, our authority in the Lord, and others of you will learn for the first time the authority uh, that you have been, have been given in Jesus. We don't have to look far to realize we live in a messed up world, right? Um, sadly, when we look at a messed up world, sadly, the one who behind, is behind it, the one who is behind the chaos, the one who is behind the confusion, the one who is behind the evil, goes almost unnoticed. That would have, I mean, you know what? He would have to love it. Because he does all of these things. Satan, he, does all of these things, and then the world blames it on God, and says, well, where is God, and why doesn't he do anything about all this? And then the church, what do we do? Well, we pretty well think, you know, it's like, well, the reason all this happened because God's mad at America, and this is judgment on America, so God's bringing judgment on America, and so then what we, we turn around and blame it on God. So the world blames it on God, and we blame it on God, and Satan must just sit back laughing his head off at the fact that he can cause total chaos and nobody even recognizes that he is the one that's doing it. That must be a beautiful place to be for him. It shouldn't be that way. And so what we're going to do is look into the Word of God and we're going to expose where this comes from. We're going to expose where school shootings come from. We're going to expose where um, wickedness comes from. We're going to expose the tactics and the strategies of the enemy. But I was going to, when I first started, I thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to really, I want to 
I was going to introduce this and deal up front with the enemy, and then I thought, no, you know what? I want to deal. I'll tell you why I'm doing this. I want to deal with your authority before I deal with the enemy because the enemy is going to do everything he can to keep you from coming here on Sundays over the next few weeks to hear these messages. He will do absolutely everything he can to stop you, and unless you know the authority that you have in Jesus, it'll work because it does very often, doesn't it? I mean, how many times do we really challenge, we get up with a sniffle um, or, or just a little bit of a headache, or we just get up tired, how, how often do we do that and we actually challenge the enemy at that moment? Or most of the time we give in to the, the flesh, the feelings, the, you know, well, this is how I feel. Well, here's what I want to tell you. We need to challenge him. And if there was ever a time that we need to challenge him to be here on Sunday, it is going to be through this series. And... If you can, and there are going to be times you cannot come, we do not want you to come with the flu, okay? We, I don't know if y'all notice, we've got little detectors outside. Um, no, but I will tell you something, we ha- you can go online, and you can go to our website, harvestin.com, you go right there to listen to the messages, you can download the message, you can listen to it anytime you want to, and so I want to encourage you to do that, because this, me- this series is going to be vitally important we're going to use as a springboard for this series, um, Ephesians chapter 10, I mean chapter 6, verse 10. We're going to look at verse 10, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. And, and let me tell you, <clears throat> psychology does not have the answer. The medical world does not have the answer for what we are dealing with in this country. I'm not telling you that psychology or, or psychiatrists or, or, you know, those psychologists, I'm not telling you that there's never a place uh, for, for that, but let me tell you what we've come to in this country. We've kind of come to the point that we just name everything, and that way it legitimates. So every struggle we have, we give it a special name, which legitimizes the thing and allows us to keep it and never challenge it. Does anybody understand what I mean by that? You go to a psychiatrist, I'm having this struggle. But you feel better when he names it and tells you, well, this is what you have. It's dot, 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 dot. And so now it's like, oh, okay, what I have is for real. And so now that you've got a name for it, you can take it home and you can take care of it. And then occasionally you can brag on it. Oh, the reason that happened was because I have... And so now it gives you a good excuse when you need it. So that thing becomes your pet. When that thing is probably a demon. Or an influence of a demon. Let me put it that way. Could very well be the influence of a demon. I'm going to tell you, I'm not a demon hunter. And I don't see a demon under every rock and in that case. But I will tell you this. I do think that we have allowed the enemy to skirt without ever going noticed on a lot of things that he's doing that we don't even challenge him on today. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brother, or finally, be strong. This series is called Be Strong. Stand strong. The whole series, stand strong. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Some of you say, but, but I just don't feel strong. Uh, that's because you're not. That's why he didn't say, stand strong in yourself. 
He said, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Who's the mighty power? Be strong in the Lord in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, of which we are going to get to in later messages in this series. Put on the full armor of God. The Apostle Paul comes down, all the things that he has just taught in the book of Ephesians, and he comes down and he says, finally, and here's what I want you to know, that all the things that I have taught you and told you about, you need to get this one to make sure that all those other things work. Because if you get defeated here, the other things that I have told you will not work. If you get defeated here, you're going to think your wife is the problem. If you get defeated here, you're going to think your, your uh, husband is the problem. If you get defeated here, you're going to think it's the kid. If you get defeated here, you're going to think it's other people in the church. What I want you to know is all the things I've taught you, I'm concluding it right here. And I want you to know that if you're going to win, here's what you have to know. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. So that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. Okay, listen. He said, I'm giving you the power and I'm giving you the might, but you've got to be the one to stand. He didn't say, stand strong and then come down and say, so that I might be able to help you stand. He said, now you got, I'm giving you what you need, but you have got to take the stand. Then he says, against, the, against whose schemes? The devil's schemes. And then he says... For our struggle, how many of you feel like, how many of you would say, yes, no doubt there is a struggle in this world? And you struggle in this world, don't you? Does anybody, else, does anybody struggle sometimes? For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Do you know what he just said? Your life will change when you realize that your struggle is not with your husband, your wife, your boss, your mom, your dad, your neighbor, your struggle is not there. That's not where the struggle is. And when you begin to realize where the real struggle is, this is going to be a life-changing moment for you because then you are at the point to be able to do something about it. You see, we attack people who are actually being attacked, and often what they are doing is reacting to what is going on in them from the enemy's influence. And so we turn around and attack them. If you want to get rid of something, don't you need to go to the root? You just need to go to the root. I mean, if you don't go to the root, it just keeps, it'll just come back. I'm going to chop it. Okay, it comes back. We'll chop it. It just comes back. Why? Because you're not going to the root. And if we don't go to past flesh and blood, stop attacking and thinking it's people is the problem and see where the real problem is, it's just going to, the problem's never going to leave. Am I right about that? Yes, bud, you are. Thank you. Uh, but against, it's not against flesh and blood, but it is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Here's what he's saying. The enemy, it's a spiritual enemy. It's not flesh and blood. It's not physical. The problem that's going on in our world today is because a spiritual enemy has been turned loose and is, uh, has gone much unchallenged by the one organism on the face of this earth that can withstand him, and that is the body of Christ. That's the church. We're the only ones with the power to do anything about what's going on in this world, and yet we stand back thinking, oh, Lord, I can't stand it. Just hurry. I just can't wait till I get to heaven. I'm going to try to just hang on until Jesus comes. No. 
stand, get up and stand against the enemy because you have the power to do it if you're a born again believer. That's where the power is at. Now, I want you to, I want to, I want to listen, listen to this because we have to understand and I'm going to deal with the enemies. I'm going to deal with the rest of those verses later, but I'm going to deal right now with finally be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. To be strong in him. We have to know that... Let's go back just a little bit. How did we get here? We got here because in the Garden of Eden, God created Adam and Eve. And then he said, look out there, all this, I'm giving you dominion over everything. It's yours. He gave them dominion over the earth. Everything going on in the earth, he gave them dominion. And then they turned around. And it's illegal. See, here's where a lot of people, if you really start to understand, it's a legally binding contract. So, God has ways that, that, that this has, to, has to, to pan out. He gave it to Adam and Eve, and Adam and Eve had the legal right to do whatever they wanted to with it. And so Adam and Eve turned around, and they sold out God, and they sold us out, and they gave everything they had to the devil. Therefore, the devil took dominion of this world. That's why he's called the prince of the power of the air. That's why he's called the God of this world. Scripture says that. And yet we sit around thinking, well, God, why don't you do something? Why don't you do something? The whole world's going to hell in a handbasket. Why don't you do something? And what God is saying is, you know what? Here's what I did. Adam and Eve sold it out. They give the devil dominion. I had to become a man, come back into this earth so that I could take dominion. It's a spiritual dominion right now. It is a dominion called the, the, the body of Christ or the church that is the kingdom of God in this earth. And everybody that's within his kingdom no longer is under, under the dominion of Satan, but now we are in the kingdom of light. Does that make sense? Here's what he says. Colossians 1.13, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Who has he rescued from the dominion of darkness? He has rescued you, me, believers, from the kingdom of darkness. What did he do with us? He brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. We have become a part of the kingdom of God. There's only one thing on this earth that Satan does not have dominion over right now, and that is the church. That's the body of Christ or the kingdom of God. Everything else, that's why he runs free. And that's why I think sometimes we have this, this really messed up view of the sovereignty of God. So many of us think that the sovereignty of God means that, well, God's going to do what he wants to. It doesn't matter what we do. Well, here, let me tell you what God did in his sovereignty. In his sovereignty, Jesus came. In the sovereignty, he defeated Satan on the cross. In his sovereignty, he rose again. In his sovereignty, he said, I'm going to leave, but I am going to send the Holy Spirit to abide within you. In his sovereignty, Jesus did that. In his sovereignty, he said, I'm going to give you authority over the devil. Now, what I want you to do, I'm giving you the power. I want you to do it. And he gave us the power to do what he wants done on this earth. 
And we still sit around saying, but oh, please, God, why don't you do something? Why don't you do something? And God's saying, I already did my part. I came. I died on the cross. I rose again. I sent the Holy Spirit to abide within you. I gave you my word. I gave you my authority. Now you rise up and do something. Man, it, it, oh, okay. <sighs> Number one. Number one, it, for, for you note takers, write this down. As a believer, you have been given authority over the devil. As a believer, you have been given authority over the devil. There's no reason for you to keep getting defeated by the enemy. No reason at all you've been given authority for the believer. Only a follower of Christ has been given authority over the devil. If you have never been born again, the first thing you need to do is be born again. The first thing you need to do is say, Jesus, I believe. You need to come to him. And, and then you become a part of the body of Christ in this earth today that has the authority in the name of Jesus. Luke ten nineteen. Jesus said to his disciples, and we're a disciple. I have given you, what's that word? I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Now, what, 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 what's the deal? Because I know all of you right now, you, just, you, you, you got stuck on snakes and scorpions. You never got to the enemy part. It's like, what? <laughs> here's, what I, here's what I believe. There's a spiritual realm that we cannot see with our physical eyes, but as believers, we better be seeing. Because what's going on in the spiritual realm is what ends up manifest in the physical, natural realm. When, when evil is winning in the spiritual realm, guess what you see happen? In the natural realm. And, and sometimes it's because we're fighting natural battles or we're trying to fight the devil with natural weapons and you can't fight the enemy with natural weapons. We fight with spiritual weapons. Okay. But he says, I, I think if we could literally see what Jesus sees, what, what he is talking about are, are demons that for whatever reason he's calling or considered, and maybe in the spiritual realm if we saw it, we would even know better why he's calling them snakes or, and, and scorpions. But he says over snakes, scorpions, and all the power of the enemy. So what we understand is, is this is all a part of Satan's work. This is his efforts to go. The problem is, is when you take this verse and you pull it out of context, um, you know, you can, get, you can get a lot of things. Now, we do know this, that, that Paul got bit by a snake and didn't harm him, didn't even kill him. So, God can protect his people no matter what. Doesn't mean that you go into a place. See, where are the boxes at? Somebody bring the... And pick up a snake and tempt God. Uh, let me explain this authority. If, if you were driving down the road and somebody was behind you that you didn't know, and they kept tooting their horn and flashing their lights trying to get you to pull over, I was going to say how many of you would pull over. Some of you probably would. Don't do that. But, but let me say, I would not pull over. I don't know what that maniac back there wants. So I'm not pulling over. 
But when I see a car with a little blue flashing lights that says police car, I'm pulling over. Now, let me tell you, I'm not pulling over because I'm afraid of the guy in it. I'm pulling over because he has authority. Does this make sense? I'm pulling over because he has the authority of the city government, the county government, or the state, or the United States. He has been given authority. Therefore, because he has authority to pull me over, I'm going to pull over. You have been given authority over the enemy. You and I have been given authority. He said, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. What is that authority? Mark 16, 17, and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. What is that? In, it's, it's authority in his name. It's the authority in the power of Jesus' name. So you and I have that authority. And, and with that authority... With that authority, we can defeat Satan. Let, let me tell you a story. Many years, it's probably back in the late 80s, I think, mid, mid to late 80s. I was preaching a revival in a little, in a, uh, a little church in southwest Virginia up, up in the mountain. And that was back during the day when Satanism was supposed to be so popular. And um, it had become a fad. So a lot of people were, you know, playing in it and with it just because it, it was the popular thing to do at the time. It's kind of like meth, you know, that day's meth or however you, sit, however you do it. Um, but, but everybody was playing in, in that realm. And so I, I went to, I, not everybody, some, and I went to, um, uh, uh, to preach in this church and this lady began to share with me about what was going on up there in the mountain. She said, there's a bunch of kids up here. And she said, they claim to be Satanist. And so, you know, they, what they do is they go out in the woods, they worship Satan and, da, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And she said, I just want you to be aware since you're coming up here to preach a revival. And I said, thank you. And so um, it was a cool thing that, that over the few months before that, because the, the denomination that I was a part of really didn't teach this stuff. I had, I had uh, got in, in some teaching. I'm trying to think of the guy's name. I think his last name was Anderson now, but I can't remember. But anyway, on, on how to deal with, with enemy and demons and those kinds of things, on our authority, on our authority as believers. Because most of us just run scared. And so I began to understand that authority and, and uh, had read up on it, and, and it had just not just in my head, but it had become a part of me because I, I believed it. I bought into the fact that we'd been given that authority. So I went up there to this church and went in and started preaching. Well, while I was preaching one night, I, I saw three guys come in the back door and um, all dressed in, you know, total, complete black. I knew what it was. So they came in, they sat down on the back, and the entire time I preached, they sat back there and, and they tried to, you know, distract me. They were laughing and making motions and all this kind of stuff while I'm preaching. Well, I, I, after the, at the end of the sermon, I'm giving an invitation. They're playing some music. I start to walk back. And as I get about halfway back down the aisle, two of them jumped up and ran out the back door. And that was, that authority had nothing to do with Jesus probably at that moment. They just thought I was coming after them. Um, the next authority did. But I walked back there and I started talking to the boy that was there. 
And as I started talking to him, I, thought, I, I recognized right off the bat something's going on here. But I also recognized that nobody in that church even believed in what I was about ready to deal with. And so I said, would you, would you mind going over here into a Sunday school room and let me talk with you? So I went over there. And so then I began to talk to him, and, and I realized what was manifesting at the time. I just put my hands on his shoulders. I cannot tell you, there, there, was that moment of, um, there was that moment of understanding two powers at odds uh, there because I experienced and felt the strength in his body that was probably beyond his own physical strength, but I also felt and, uh, and experienced the strength in my body against that strength as I had my hands on his shoulders and just held him down in that seat. And then I began to, I just began to pray in the spirit, and then I, I, I just spoke over him and began to command the demon to come out of him in the name of Jesus. And I watched as I did that, as I prayed, I watched suddenly his body just, just go limp. All the fight, all the struggle, it was gone. And he sat there, and he just kind of looked at me, and he looked, he looked wore out. I was wore out, too. And he just looked at me, and we began to talk, and he did not even realize what had taken place there over that last couple minutes. That young man was set free from demons that night, became a part of that church, but actually came back and became a part of the youth group, because I think he was like 17 years old, became a part of the youth group. I went back three years later, he was still in the church, and he became a very big part of that church. Now, what if nobody had ever taken authority? What if, what if, he, had, what if he had grown up in an area where people didn't even believe that demons exist, and he, and he grew up and, and the demon never left? I guarantee you that his, his future would have been bleak. He could have been dead from suicide. He could have been uh, messed up in drugs for the rest of his life. He could have gotten married and married and married and married and married and never able to make a marriage work. I don't know. All I know is when a demon's involved, it's not, it's not a good thing. But another thing I know is, is that if it's not challenged, that after that boy was set free, and I missed, after I, that boy was set free, he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior and, and became a, a beautiful part of that church. So that brings me to the next thing. Number two, the value of authority depends on the force behind it. The value of authority depends on the force behind it. Let me explain it like this. If I were to say, Randy, would you run over to Food City, pick up a ham? And just tell them you're doing it in, in, in the authority of Bud. But by Bud's authority, I'm taking this ham. And the security guy meets Randy as he's going out the door with the ham, and, and he says, Bud told me to do it. Bud who? He said in his authority, I could get this ham. I don't know who you're talking, Bud who? There's not much force behind that authority, right? Are you, are you listening to me? It's kind of like in, in the book of Acts you read where Paul had been in ministry and casting out demons and um, these, 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 this Jewish, Jewish sect was their sect and, and there was a group of them and they called themselves 
or, or somebody called them the seven sons of Sceva. And so they watched Paul literally using his authority to cast out demons. And they were impressed because they had an, a, a ministry of exorcism that had no power to it. And so they looked at their ministry of exorcism and they looked at Paul's ministry of exorcism and they realized that, that what Paul did actually worked and so what they wanted was to do what he did. So they confronted a demon and said, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. And the demon looks and says, well, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who are you? And the demons attack this, these seven sons of Sceva, and they run off, and the Bible says they run off, they're bruised and, and bleeding because they got attacked by this. Now, now, what was the deal there? The key to the whole thing is you have to do, you have to be saved and use your own authority. You can't come against these demons and this devil or even when the devil attacks you. If you've not been born again, it won't be a pretty sight. But if you know you've been born again and you have authority then in Jesus' name because he has given it to you, it's not how you feel. It's not if you feel strong or not. It's not what your emotions feel like. It's just plain authority. I'm sure policemen pull over people sometimes when they don't feel real good. They've had an argument with their wife that night. They have to go to work the next day and pull over somebody. He could say, I just don't feel like pulling over anybody. I don't feel like using my authority today. But you better use your authority on some of those situations situations in your life when the enemy confronts you and attacks you. Does that make sense? It's only as good or valuable as the forces behind it. Look, listen on, on these verses, Ephesians 1, 18 through 23. <clears throat> I really want to, I really want to, to establish this on the word of God so that you understand when you leave here that this is not just my opinion. Because some of you may say, I've never heard that before. My church never talked about that, and therefore it can't be right. Here's what I want you to know. I'm, I'm going to establish this on scripture, on the word of God, so that when you walk out of here, you can be confident to know who you are in Christ, the authority that you have in Christ, and what you can do with it. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you, that he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. Did you hear that? His incomparable great power for us who believe. The power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly realms. Far above, you listening? Far above all rule. Remember we saw the rulers thing over there in Ephesians just a minute ago? Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every, or every way. Now, listen to this. Is there a power greater 
than Jesus? Is there a name greater than the name of Jesus? Is there a name with power greater than the name of Jesus? Is there an authority greater than the authority that, has, that Jesus has? Okay, now, since there's not, is there a force behind the authority that you've been given that you would say is valuable? It's not my little authority. We're talking about the authority of God. And that authority and what Jesus did to defeat the enemy. Oh, I gotta, let me see. Colossians 2.15, I love this. In having disarmed the powers and authorities, Jesus, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing, triumphing over them on the cross. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave, and he did it for you and I. And that power still works in us. We've got to know that the authority that we have has a power behind it that is second to none. And the enemy can't withstand that authority. Now, number three, authority only works when exercised. You could walk around with all the authority in the world in Jesus' name, and if you never use it, it'll never benefit you. You could live your entire life being constantly beat up by Satan when you don't have to. You could live your entire life being constantly harassed by the enemy when you don't have to. I heard this story of an uh, illustration of this guy who, he was this beggar set up in the same place um, every single day, all day long, and he sat on the same box every day, all day long, begging. So as people would come by, he would ask for money, and this one guy came by, and he said, um, money, please. And the man told him, he said, I'm sorry, I, I don't have any money. And the guy looked at him, he said, please, anything, give me money. And, and the man said, I'm sorry, I, I don't have any money. And so this guy was talking to him, he said, that's an interesting box you have. He said, uh, what's in the box? He said, I don't know, just sit on, please give money. And the man looked at him, he said, I'll tell you what, he said, there could be clothes in there. You might have some new clothes you could put on. Let's look and see what's in the box. And so at that, the guy's thinking, well, a new set of, a clean set of clothes, that would be good. So they open up the box, and the box is full of gold. And for most of his life, he's been sitting on gold, begging for pennies. And all the time, he could have been the, a rich man. And I think we do that. I think we sitting on the power in the name of Jesus to defeat the devil and we run scared not realizing that within what we have is a power and authority beyond anything that the enemy can do anything with. We just need to look in the box and see what's there, open it up and take advantage of what we've been given. Does that make sense? Take advantage of what we've been given. There's a point to where we have to say, I won't back down. I see what's going on in our world. I see, I see young people who are finding themselves in situations that they, they can't come out of. I see people going crazy. I see people shooting people, hurting people. I see people blowing people up. I see people on drugs that they can't get loose from. I see people on alcohol that they're destroying their families with. I see those things, and we sit back as we're useless and helpless to do anything about it when we have a power to attack the enemy that's bringing this stuff on. 
And if we don't stand, it won't be done. You can have all the authority in the world, but if you don't exercise the authority, it's never going to change anything. First Peter 5, 8, 9, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We have an enemy, the devil, not your wife, not your husband. We have an enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a lion looking for someone to devour. And we'll deal with him and his tactics later on. But I want you to see this next part. Look at that next one. What, is the, what do the first two words say? Resist him. Peter says, there's a devil out to try to get you, and what I want you to know is all you got to do is resist him. Resist him. Stand firm. I will not back down. I'm going to stand strong, stand firm in the faith. Because you know all the family of believers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. We all live in this world. We're seeing the same kind of thing. Somebody's got to take a stand. Somebody's got to understand the enemy's out to destroy. And somebody's got to say enough is enough and take the stand. But resist him. Now, here's the thing. Did you notice when he said resist him, he puts it back on us. He didn't say pray that Jesus would make the devil leave. And I'm afraid sometimes this is where we can get confused because if we call it prayer, it seems to be really spiritual. If we call it prayer, it has to be right. And there are things I think that we pray for that God sets up there and just says, I've already done it. Lord, make the devil leave me alone. I can't make him leave you alone. What I gave you was the authority to make him leave you alone. You make him leave you alone. You make him, you resist him. Lord, would you resist the devil and keep him off of me? Lord, the devil's just hounding me all day long. I can't take this anymore. Lord, would you just do something about it? And he's saying, I already did. I went to the cross. I made a public spectacle of the devil. I defeated him. I rose again gloriously three days later. I have all the power in the universe. I have all the power over everything the enemy can do. And I turned around and I gave you the authority to use my power in my name. Now use it. Use it. And when we begin to get that, when we begin to use that power, you don't have to be afraid. It's James 4, 7. Submit yourselves to God. And what's that say? What's that say? Resist the devil. Who? Who resists the devil? Mom, would you resist the devil for me? Dad, would you resist the devil for me? Honey, would you resist the devil? For no, you, re God, please resist the devil for me. No, I've given you authority. You resist the devil. You resist the devil. And if you do, what happens? Now, it doesn't say pretend to resist the devil. Because he don't, he doesn't leave on pretends. It's a resistance of the enemy when you're standing in faith that makes him flee. See, 
if I see if the enemy is attacking me and, and he's attacking you in some way and so you try to resist him but he seems not to leave what he's trying to do there is challenge you to see if you really believe that you have authority because if you really don't believe that you have authority he's not going anywhere He will challenge you to see if you believe it. But if you believe it, you will overcome him. If you believe it, you will be able to resist him and cause him to flee. Does that make sense? But there's a belief there. And I don't care what it is. There are times you need, there are times you get a, you you have no idea how many times that some physical illness hits you, something that hits you that is, that the enemy's behind it. And I always go there first. Before I take a, you know, an aspirin, before I take something, I want to find out what's behind it because there are many times that I'll have a pain or something that will happen and, and then if, if my first thought is not to challenge the enemy and so my first thought is Satan in the name of Jesus, you have, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit, you have no right to touch this body in the name of Jesus, I command you to get your hands off me and take your pain with you and you'd be shocked at how many times pain is gone just like that. And then there are the times it's just a old-fashioned sinus infection. And antibiotic does the world good. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? I remember one time. I remember one time. I'm going to tell this story, and then I'm going to let y'all sing. Um, but I told this this story this morning, and then I got to thinking maybe maybe I fell asleep and it was a video game or something. I'm not really sure, but I think this this was a dream. But in my dream, I was here with my family was with me, and I and Satan began to come at a at a rate of speed. I mean, just flying through the sky toward me, and then suddenly he stopped. Uh, there was a place that he couldn't come past, and he stopped. And, but when he stopped there, he began to throw balls of fire. And as he began to throw the balls of fire, I watched and I saw my family here. And then I realized he's attacking me and my family. And, and I'm, I've got to stand in the gap for them. See, I've got to teach my children how to do what I'm telling you. But until I get them there, somebody's got to be there. And so I found myself standing there catching those fireballs and throw them back at him. And every time I would throw, you could see him move back and move back, and then boom, he was gone. And I began to realize something is so biblical there because the enemy is going to attempt to attack. And every single one of us here, we need to know that we have authority and learn how to walk in that authority. But if you don't know yet, somebody can help you until you learn. But now that you've heard this, you have no excuse. See, until my children learn how, I'm catching the fireballs, but there's a point where I can step back here and I can let Nikki and I can let Kayla and I can let Joshua stand there and catch their own and throw them back because they have just as much power and authority in the, in the, in the kingdom of God than I do. And you have just as much authority. I don't care who you are, what you do. You have just as much authority in the kingdom as anybody else does because Jesus is your Savior and your Lord, and it's his authority, it's his power, it's his might, it's his strength that will defeat the devil. And all you've got to do is understand that you have authority over the enemy. Now use it. Now use it.